Ah, hello my friends, hello my life warriors, wherever you are in the world Welcome to the Day In Day Out Podcast Woo! Today on episode 239 I was very lucky to have uh, Jeevan uh, Mafru on the podcast today If you recognize the family name, I had his brother on uh, about two weeks ago, Sam uh, Yeah, Jeevan is a author, a personal development coach as well as yeah a wealth manager we talked about his coaching business and how he got started uh, we talked about yeah some of the things what sort of block people from getting like, like getting their hopes and dreams uh, off the ground all in all i have to say it was a very delightful conversation with him i look forward to talking with him in the near future if i have my way i'll get him and his brother on a podcast together and yeah be the producer of it to see what knowledge they can both put out there in the world all in all great pop great <laughs> all in all great show enjoyed myself immensely i look forward to his return so sit back enjoy the show and yeah thank you very much my friends my life warriors yeah peace <laughs> oh yeah Hello, my friends. Hello, my life warriors, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to the Day In, Day Out podcast. Woo! Today on the podcast, <laughs> I'm very lucky to have uh, Jeevan Mafru on the podcast. If you think you've heard that family name before, yeah, it's a bit of a family affair. Yes, it. Like you've had Sam on before, and now we've got Jeevan on. Uh, yes, they are brothers in arms. Um, yeah, family, close, tight. But yes, Jeevan today is a wealth manager, life coach and author. How are you today, sir? I'm very well, thank you. I love your positive energy. Yeah. As <laughs> a good said, start to the day. Uh, what can I say? As I said, Colombian marching powder and amphetamines keeps me going. <laughs> Just what you need for the day today. Yeah. Uh, as I mentioned, yes, your brother was on this podcast not so long ago, back on the 15th of April, in fact. I, I'm looking at his picture uh, right now. <laughs> um, I, go, I was like, okay, look. when he mentioned, yes, I have a brother, you, might, you should try have him on. I was like, okay, no worries. But we've been in contact, comms lightly beforehand. But yeah, now I have to ask you... Or wealth, like wealth manager, life coach, author. How do you manage to like deal with this trifecta of life uh, in its world? So I think time management is really important. If we sort of take a back step before we look at the time management side of things. Yeah. When you're looking at your own life, you want to look at where you want to be in five years time, four years time, three years time, two years time, and obviously next year. Once you've worked that out, once you've worked out where you want to be in five years' time, you need to backtrack and reverse engineer the daily habits, the monthly goals, the annual goals you need to hit in order to get there. So for me, I wanted to have you know five books out in five years, um, have a certain level of income from the wealth management stuff, um, and obviously coaching a certain number of people to help them get to the next level. So that's why you know I've put those routines and habits in practice. Now, in regards to your question to answer that more directly now, how do I find time to fit all of that in, along with some other stuff, um, Mensa, for example, which we'll probably get onto at some point. It's all about having a plan, a daily plan. 
you know, get up in the morning, maybe take the dog for a walk. And then what do you need to get done? Brian Tracy, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Brian Tracy or not. He's um, uh, uh, someone who is like a public speaker. He speaks about sales, closing techniques. He speaks about time management. He speaks about self-development. Mm-hmm. One of the key things that he taught me really was that if you've got a list of tasks to do, you should make, uh, I don't necessarily do this religiously, but it, it is in the back of my mind uh, when going through tasks. You need to number them or um, um, associate a letter with them. A is for must do. Yeah. So you obviously have to do the A tasks. B task is tasks that you should do. Mm-hmm. Obviously, once the A ones have been done. C's are tasks that you could do. So, you know, yeah, maybe some cleaning up. But obviously, if you've got clients you need to deal with, that obviously takes priority. And then there's D and E tasks. Now, these are the really interesting ones. D tasks are delegate. So if you can delegate some of the tasks that you maybe aren't going to have time to get around to, you know, obviously delegate those out. Mm-hmm. And then E is eliminate. So for a lot of people, they have tasks on their to-do list that they're probably never going to get around to. They probably never need to get around to. So why not just get them off the to-do list and make room for something more important? 90% of what you do comes down to 10% of your activities. It comes down to the 80-20 rule, which is a Pareto principle, but it actually boils down a little bit further than that to 90-10. So in answer to you, to, to put it even more into context, I try and spend most of my time doing the books, the coaching, and being in front of clients for the wealth management stuff. Um, and, you know, whatever comes off the back of that is obviously going to happen, but you need to put yourself in a position to make something happen. And, and that's what I try and do. Yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. We're putting yourself in position to like make something happen. But like the whole thing is like, yeah, time management is key uh, to many of that. But like with regards to, I'm um, like I mentioned balance. It's like, okay, because with all of these things, the wealth management, that is quite demanding. Uh, like doing the novel, uh, like, you know, depending what, like doing a book, is also demanding its own realms in different ways. But like when you're talking about, yes, coaching as well, there are going to be times where when you're doing coaching or one-on-one coaching, depending on the actual person you're talking to, that sort of level of demand can go, like can be quite extremely different, uh, wouldn't you say? Say if someone's like, doesn't get what you're coaching right away, uh, or if someone gets it, it's like, yeah, I understand, no worries roll with it yeah i mean the word balance really depends on it's a very open word balance you know the balance for for person a is not going to be the same as balance for person b yeah some people they need 80 percent of time at home with the family and 20 percent working for other people it's like well i can do 90 percent of my own stuff i just need 10 percent of time with family and friends so balance is very subjective it's not the same for everyone. So that's that's the first thing. Second thing in terms of overwhelming um, amount of activities to do. So writing a book does seem quite an overwhelming task, as you've said, given that I've already written one, which you'll probably come to talk about at some point. And I'm in the course of writing the second, I've actually sort of prior, provisionally planned the third one, but I won't talk about the third one at this point. But what you need to do is you need to break down these goals into daily habits that aren't too overwhelming like if I said to you you need to buy a book by the end of the year you'll be thinking oh that sounds a bit it's a bit tough that really to to write a book in a year but if you actually break it down and think what the average book is probably 300 pages yeah Yeah. 
and I'm not talking about novels here, I'm talking about non-fiction, which is the sort of realm I'm in. If you say, well, actually, there's 300 odd days in a year. If I write one page a day, the book's pretty much done in a year, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, I understand that. And like the whole thing is, I, I like your I like your energy. I like your speed and everything like this. But I'm talking about balance for yourself. Look, other people, I get that. You know what I mean? You, I, I can tell there's a richness of information and knowledge waiting to bubble up. But yeah, but I'm yeah. talking about your day-to-day balance because like this is the thing. There are going to be many people out there who will listen to this and go, yeah, you know what? Okay, I've got my full-time nine-to-five job going on. Uh, I might have a side hustle or I've, I've got my family and I've got kids. And like, bring, like you are doing sort of free demanding things like how yeah. you balance so it's like yeah it's one of those things where you tell okay. people okay. and one of those okay. things how they can sort of go oh i can take that from you and like map it onto their lives okay right? so this is this is yeah so you talk, i sort of get, get where you're going we're coming with this actually now so let's let's use an example if you love drawing drawing let's say you, you're an artist and you love painting yeah is, is painting for 12 hours a day going to be demanding for you it depends on what I'm painting. Well, well, yeah, exactly. So there are some questions behind it. You know, what are you painting? Are you painting for yourself? Or are you painting for some someone else? But on the on the the face of it, that's going to be less demanding for someone than if they're an artist and they're having to clean toilets for twenty four hours for, for, for the same amount of time mm-hmm. because it's what you enjoy doing. So especially for the coaching and the authoring side, I actually enjoy those bits so much that it's not really taxing the system as much as maybe the wealth management side is i'm not saying that i don't like the wealth management side but there's probably not the level of passion there that there is for the other side yeah because the books are in the same sort of era or industry side as, as the coaching so what i would say is there needs to be some level of passion and interest for something that takes away some of that burden of being overwhelmed so i mean you you mentioned earlier to me before we 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 came on air that you've got four podcasts today haven't you first yeah. i was the first of four for other people they might be thinking well that's too much four in one day you know you're talking for an hour hour and a half you know for me that's not the right balance i need one a day consistently for the year you might be thinking well actually for me i'd rather have four days of four a day and then three days off and i'm not saying that you do that or or, or you do it your own way but everyone's different and as, as a coach, as an example, we need to find out what makes you tick as a person mm-hmm. versus what makes Mr. Smith and Mrs. Jones tick. And then we need to develop a plan for how you get to point A from, from point A to point B in a year's time, five years' time. If you don't know where you want to go in five years' time or where you want to be, how, how am I going to help you get there? How are you going to get there? Mm. You, you're probably not. And you're going to be wandering down the street in five years thinking, how the hell did I get here? Yeah, because like this is the thing. I like the reason why I'm interested because like okay, like for I don't know how far you're into your journey uh, on this section of it, but there must have been a point, uh, that epiphanal moment where you're like, yeah, you know what, I need to devise a plan. What was that sort of spark? What was that moment where you're like, okay, hey, I'm doing my nine to five, but I want to, I want more. Or I want to see, like, start taking my life in a new direction for yourself. Okay, so um, I, I was kicked out of school. Uh, I went to private school. 
Um, and I was pretty smart as a, as a youngster. A I went to private school and I was, yeah, a little rascal, exactly. So thrown out of school and obviously my parents weren't happy having funding, you know, numbers of thousands of pounds to send me to this private school. What I realised, and this is a little bit later on in life, having the ability is all right, but mm-hmm. if you're not going to have the drive, the plans, the determination, it doesn't really matter. You know, you could be the world's best footballer, but if you're not going to actually sit down and, and do the exercise and do the training, you're never going to get to the top. I mean, if you look at Messi, Cristiano and Ronaldo, for example, the reason they've done so well for so long is that they, they've got the discipline, they've got the diligence. There may have been players, players as good as those um, younger, but they haven't had the discipline. So when I was working um, in, in the wealth management space, uh, one of the jobs that I was having was where I was travelling all over the country. So we're spending five, six hours in, in the car a day, um, driving to people's houses and giving them advice and stuff. Mm. So at first I was listening to music, the same old songs over and over again. I thought, well, this is a bit stupid. I'm wasting six hours a day listening to the same sort of rubbish. Why not try and use the time to my advantage? So it's where I stumbled upon Brian Tracy, Jim Rohn, Tony Robbins, uh, Earl Nightingale, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I used to listen to to those guys for five, six hours a day. Yeah. How to time manage, how to maybe close more appointments, et cetera, et cetera. So that was really the the spark for me. Um, and, you know, with all of that information, and obviously we had COVID come about, I obviously started to write a book, um, to not only to help everyone else, but to also to help me. Because yeah. when you are writing a book, you're doing a lot of research and you're learning stuff. As you said, there's a, there's a wealth of knowledge here bubbling over because I had to read so much stuff to actually condense it down in, 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 into a, um, a manageable size. Um, but one of the things I realised is that a lot of people go down a career path for the wrong reasons. They will go down a career path for the potential financial gain that they will get at some point. So, oh, I want to be a banker because I'm going to earn 150 grand a year with perks, with bonuses. Fantastic. What tends to happen is five years into that journey, they resent themselves. They're like, well, I hate doing this. It's soul-destroying. It does tax the system because I'm doing something I hate for 12 hours a day. On the flip side, if you look at anyone who's super, super successful, uh, Roger Federer, uh, Lionel Messi, um, Elon Musk, Bill Gates, et cetera, et cetera, they all have a real passion for what they do. So they could work 18 hours a day and it's no sweat to them. Is that down to their personality type being matched with the job they do? Probably. Is it down to the passion that they've got for something? Absolutely. Is it because they don't have financial obligations that they can't meet? Absolutely. Mm. Um, And just on that one is that a lot of the time we go down a a career path, so financial advice or banking or accounts or whatever it's going to be. You then buy a house, you buy a car. And you've then got financial obligations of X thousand pounds a month that you have to meet. And it's very difficult to then come off that job conveyor belt to start something. So there's a couple of ways you can do it. One is that you burn the boats and just jump ship, excuse me, and and try something new. The second way is that you have to do stuff parallel. So you have to work on yourself in another remit while you're doing your full-time job. Mm. Um, So, you know, there's no hard and fast rules here that mean success. But there are things that you have to think about. So, again, going back to your initial question, what, what really um, triggered it off for me? It was all of that combined into one sort of epiphany, as it, as it were. So what I've now done, instead of being the naughty kid I was at school with the, the, the intelligence and the IQ, 
just on a side point, I've actually done a mentor test recently. Do you know what mentor is? Uh, yes, I'm aware of what yeah. mentor is. Like, yeah, so I got, I got into, I got into mentor um, a couple of months ago. Plus IQ, huh? Sorry. 160 plus IQ, huh? No, so so it's 100. It's 100. There were just two tests. It's either 130, uh, 130 on one, or mm. 145 on the other. Depends on if it's verbal or non-verbal reasoning. But you're essentially in the top two percent of IQ. Yeah. yeah. So basically, yeah. And um, so what I realised is that it's not just about ability. As I said, you have to be able to apply yourself, stick to your goals, make plans, etc. Mm -hmm. So that's what really led me down that that path and obviously here we are today as i said written the first book which is about personal development and breaking down those chapters into um setting goals being physically in good shape psychology communication um uh being able to motivate yourself etc etc and this and obviously i'm going to write my second book as well i'm writing my second book which we'll probably talk about at some point Mm, oh, I see, I see. So, like, I have to ask, like, why did you decide to take the Mensa test? Get in, well, to see if you could get in. Yeah, I mean, it was, as I said, I had a bit of a mindset change um, within the last seven, seven, eight years. And a lot of the time, people do it to prove it to themselves as much as anything else. You know, if you go to the gym and you want to, bench press 100, 100 kilos it's not to prove it to anyone else you want to see oh do I think I can do this and throughout my life I've known that I'm well I've always thought to myself to be pretty smart and there has been some points in life where I've not really proved that if that makes sense I've been naughty and maybe not put the work in for stuff and I just wanted to prove to myself that I had the processing ability and capability to to get into mental and obviously I did um, and that sometimes gives you a bit of confidence as well in yourself, doesn't it? To, to say, well, actually, I've got this raw ability here. Let's just keep pressing forward. So that was that was really the reason. It's the same reason people do marathons. Yeah, just to prove to themselves, you know, I, I think I'm fit. Let's test how fit I am and do a marathon and see if I can do it in, you know, three hours, four mm -hmm. hours. And wow. um, same with me. I, did, I thought I'm, I'm pretty, you know, I, I would consider myself a smart. Let's do the, the IQ test and, and, uh, and see how it goes. Yeah, no, this is the thing. I think when people sort of take up a challenge like either Mensa, either doing a run or like physically or physical or sort of new skill sets, it is that sort of initial challenge. But I'd also say it's a part of like, yes, putting themselves in that place of discomfort and not like not living in those sort of places where I've got my cozy slippers on, I've got my smoking jacket on. Uh, they want to actually see how far they can like actually grow. Uh, and like doing something like Mensa, okay, I can imagine like if you're like, I've seen this on the, with a number of sort of smart people, especially when they're in the sort of school age or in university, if they're doing stuff which is for like, it, it annoys you when you, if you say, oh, this is so hard and they can't, is it? Is it really? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. To stay focused on the task, which sometimes seems a little bit futile uh, because it's that easy. You, like people get misunderstood, I think, on many a times because it's not challenging. It's not that sort of realm of putting them in that place of discomfort to keep them focused because that challenge isn't there. So yeah. it's always a tricky one to go, go are you disrupted because yeah, you're a rascal? Or are you disruptive because you don't understand it? Or are you disruptive because you've seen it, you see it all 
and you you desperately want to be challenged more or you're hungry to put a lot more out there it's a tricky one you know it is and same with with anything in life you know you have to look at the variables that's going to affect things mm. if your business isn't doing as well as it could be you know what are the variables that could be causing that much like you've just said there you know if a kid is naughty in school is it because they don't understand what's going on is it because they're not challenged is it just their personality type that, that makes them like that you know it's what we have to do is as individuals is have that self-reflection on ourselves as well mm. you know what is my personality type what are my passions how do i collate those together in a way that's going to ensure the best chance of success in the future um you know because it's it's all well and good being passionate about something and having an interest in it but if you're not good at it there's no point i mean i could let's say i'm interested in sprinting yeah i love sprinting oh, i love 100 meters and stuff i could train 24 hours a day for seven years i still would not be as fast as use bolt because i don't have the physical attributes or the natural ability in that area so mm. there has to be some tie up or some match up between passion and ability yeah um obviously you're quite a bubbly guy which is why i think podcasts work for you because you've you know you you, you, you <laughs> you've got good energy about you ask good questions um you listen and and, and and respond well so you know that's something that's just a tie up if you're an introvert and you're a bit socially awkward podcasts probably aren't going to be the best thing for you yeah, if you're extroverted and very good socially, sitting behind a test and crunching numbers probably isn't going to be the best thing for you either. Mm. Um, and that's something that, you know, if people were to ask themselves a question, a lot of people would say they're in the wrong job. Um, but, you know, is circumstance causing that? Is it a case of do you need a plan of action to to, to move careers? Uh, I mean, if I was to go back and do it all over again, I probably would have done something like psychology or, at, at university. Mm. Um, because that's where I had an interest and I was pretty good at it but you know like you can't go back and you can't wish things to be different or you can look at it's the future now and say well how can I change things moving forward so um so yeah that's one of the things that we do as a coach yeah we look backwards and see how you've got to where you are but it's not like counseling where it's always about looking backwards and, and, and going through those problems it's more about well where are you now how do we get where you want to go mm. you tell me I'm not going to say you need to move to Australia and get a job doing this and then come back over to the, and go to the States and go to, you, you need to work out and we work out together what you want out of life. Yeah. Relationship wise, um, um, finance wise, location wise, independency wise, um, fitness wise, you know, all of these goals are quite important and it's a, a case of working through those together. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Like there has to be a, there has to be reflection. And I think like self-examination of oneself. Uh, I don't think enough people do that in this world because it's one of those things where they go, okay, yeah, I want to change. And they go, and they go down and like, uh, they get on that sprint and they like, I'm going to change, I'm going to change, I'm going to change. But then it comes to like, oh, 30 days in and it's like, oh, how come things are not changing the way I expected? 60 days in, oh, how come things are not going like going the way I want it? Oh, 90 days in, it's like, right, nothing's changing. It's like, um, right. But over that sort of course of time and when you started or before you started on this endeavor, did you sit down and go, okay, 
these are the sort of key principles which are going not the way I want it in my life. And I want to repair this, 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 this. What are the like what are the systems or plans I could put into place to change? Not, you don't need to change that many things. If you've got a, a list of 10, 20 things, I think all you need to do is like concentrate on three key things and you'll be amazed at how the world can change for you in a short period of time but they don't do this and like because they've got a lifetime of things which have put them in that position they don't that they don't want to deal with like and they're not happy with like trying to turn that around uh especially in such a short period of time it's like you want to change your whole life around in 90 days it can be done but you have to do some really extreme things to do it like really have to change your environment it's like yeah ah i've been sitting on the couch for 20 years okay i've decided to join the military that's an extreme change and yes after 90 days they will change you (laughs) but it's not it's not going to be down to your own self-will it's going to be down to someone else's will and what they want from you but you know what i mean people really need to examine themselves what would you say to people like hey you want to change 10 years of things how and I want you want to change it in 90 days. What would you like? Would you say it's possible or would you say it's impossible? So, it, so it's possible. Um, the first thing we need to do is we need to change how we look at things. Mm-hmm. We need to look at things more optimistically, first of all, um, and, and positively. So let's give an example of how that works. So I'll give two examples. Okay. First things first. If I say to you, don't think of elephants, what do you think of? Vampire bats, because I'm dark and <laughs> like that. <laughs> so, yes. Mm. <laughs> yeah. As soon as I say elephants, elephants pop into your head. Yes. Yeah. So even if I say don't think of something, the first thing that will pop into your head is an elephant, and then you will move away from that. When people set goals or try and change, they talk about what they don't want quite a lot. Oh, I don't want to work here anymore. I don't want to be fat. I don't want to smoke. Blah, blah, blah. Instead of saying, I don't want to be single, why don't we tell ourselves, I want to find a relationship or want to be in a relationship? They mean the same thing, but your mind doesn't look at them in the same way. When you say you don't do something, you tend to do it by default anyway. So, you know, don't keep working here. You know, you probably keep working there. So we need to set positive-based goals. That's the first thing that a lot of people fall foul of. Mm-hmm. Secondly, we need to look at things in a positive nature, even if things go badly. So people get sacked and they, you know, really upset about it. But you've got the opportunity to find a job that you actually love in a place that's maybe close to home and maybe pays pays better. Or if your car breaks down on your drive, why not say to yourself, instead of saying, oh, I've got to spend £300 on it, it could have broken down. 500 miles away from home and I was in the rain my phone was dead I had to wait 12 hours someone to pick me up yeah so there's always things that you can look at on a positive nature um so it's all about how you think you know it's not what happens to you as the Stoics I think it was Seneca or or Aurelius said it's not how it's not what happens to you it's how you view things that's important Mm. the same things can happen to all of us and we all view things differently so if we say um, you know, if, if we say, oh, the, uh, the reason I'm poor, and this is something that Jim Rohn talks about, oh, I'm poor because the government and um, my manager and the business, I'm underpaid, et cetera, et cetera. Um, taxes. Don't you think that 
Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos have the same problems. But they deal with it in a slightly different way. Mm. So, you know, it's all about how you, how you look at things. You know, you, we need to change our own programming. You know, we're, we're a program. And as you said, a lot of this happens earlier on in life with how you're treated and what your viewpoints are. We can change that, but it takes a lot of time through affirmation, through um, repeated instruction, etc. And um, my second book that's that's on its way, and it should be here at the end of the year, is to help people to who maybe lack that awareness or um, focus to maybe start changing their own mindset. So it's it's essentially a question a day that we're asked so first question might be where do i want to be in five years time and i would write a little bit like a, a few paragraphs about what you should think about you know where do you want to be in terms of finance and and job role and do you want to have kids or married or etc and then it'll be two blank pages for you know yourself to, to write in where you want to be in five years time that'll be day one next day might be well what would my ideal job be um if money wasn't an issue third question might be well what do people compliment me about what I'm good at? Because if you're, you know, really physically, let's say you're a runner and you're really fast, you know you're really fast because people tell you you are really fast. Yeah. People tell you what you're good at. Just It's just natural. Oh, you, do you know what? You, you, you're really good speaker. You are. You're, you're really good at maths. Oh, do you know what? You're, you know, basketball, you're unbelievable. At the gym, you're smashing those deadlifts. People tell you what you're good at. And the reason that happens is to give you a clue of where you should be heading in life. So that's one of the other questions, you know, what compliments do I get and how can I maybe improve on the area even further to actually bring me some income? Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a book that I, so I'm going to use myself as well once it's finished to, 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 to answer my own sort of questions because your version of the book is going to be different to my version. The question's going to be the same. The, the sort of guidance area is going to be the same. Um, things to think about and maybe sub-questions to ask yourself within each but you are going to write your own version and it's a book for you to, to obviously resort back to. So I'm quite excited about this book. Um, and as I said, it should be available by the end of the year, but you know, as you said, I'm very busy. So it might be that that get pushed back, but you know, I'm going to endeavor to try and stick to that uh, as soon as possible. The, the outline of the books there, it's just a case of a few tweaks and, um, and actually getting it formatted and published. Ah, putting flesh on the bones as they say. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, exactly. Because- yeah, no, you bring, you bring up a point, like a very good point, yes. And I think this is another thing which people don't actually think of. Uh, what is their definition of success? What is, like, how, they, how do they define that? Because, like, okay, if you just went with the sort of, okay, generic, this is success, it's like, okay, yeah, you've got money in the bank, you got your big fast car, like dependent, like yeah, you either married or you got a whole host of chicks in the back, and like yeah, damn Brazilian lifestyle, that's success, baby, and like, to, but that's not necessarily true uh, for everyone because it's not true because if it was just having money in the bank, if it was just like uh, driving fast cars and everything like this, everyone will aim to have it and I think people fool themselves by going for that but when it could be like a case of what is success for you like yeah just having a family and just like you know what I mean bringing like raising my kids and having them be really happy yeah going traveling seeing like seeing the world oh and I'd be really happy like yeah just you know what I mean Ugh. 
sitting down, being able to just enjoy a day, like by either reading a book. And like, you know, you know right. That is, inc- like every bit of that can be successful for those individual people, but it's not a generic thing. It's a very personal and tailored thing. And as soon as people work that out, I think they'll be happier for it, you know? 100%. And as you, I think you, you've summed that up absolutely spot on. You know, the poster child or, or, or the poster style of success is fast car, big house, loads of money in the bank, you know, for, for, for a man anyway, loads of beautiful women around him in bikinis all the time and, you know, drinking on the beach and, you know, going gambling. That's not really success because this, for as much as that will be fun and exciting, of course, Mm. after time that will become soul destroying because you want to have you know your family you need loving relationships and stuff um and you need a purpose rather than just you know driving around with fast cars so as you've rightly said you know success is different for everyone i think Earl nightingale put it best when he says success is working towards a worthy ideal Mm. so you have to define your own worthy ideal so if you're worthy ideal as you you said working as a teacher bringing up a, a small family and living in a location, let's say London or, or, or Manchester or wherever, you're a success. If that, if that comes to fruition, you are a success. If your ambition is to write a book and you do that, you know, you are a success. Whether it actually sells any or not, you, your idea was to actually write the book. If your um, idea was to write the book and sell 100,000 copies, and you do that, then that's also success. You have to define your success. Mm. So the, the reason I've used that example where you've either decided to write a book or write a book with a target in mind is that when we set goals, we need to ensure that we are setting some sort of target. Because otherwise, if you said to me, look, geez, I want, I want more money and I give you a two pence piece, in theory, I've actually agreed to your testament you've got more money haven't you you yeah. didn't really specify what that meant and i know that you know if we, we were to sort of break it down we, we probably know that you meant you want 100,000 200,000 a million pounds and if you want that well why not specify it one of the things i do every day is i write down what i'm grateful for and mm-hmm. because um, everything i have someone else is jealous of same with you you might not think that but i've got a car some people don't even drive or can't afford a car I've got my own house. Some people, again, are renting and they can't afford living with their parents. Um, I've got a dog. People, you know, some people really want a dog and they have done for years. I work in, you know, a few different industries and some people really want to, to get into those. So everything that you've got, people, you know, some people are jealous of. Yeah, you've got your own podcast show. Some people haven't even started one and, and they're jealous of that. So we need to be grateful for stuff before we start it. Um, second thing, I'll write down my goals. So as I said, books wise or coaching wise or finance wise um or outside of that you know i do judo and stuff and hiking so i've got goals on in my hobbies and interests as well Mm. Um, and i'm working towards towards those and then i write down my affirmations saying um you know what you're referring to be that you're confident that you're you know ambitious and stuff so you have to do that because it it, it reprograms your mind and if you do that for a, a, a quite a period of time you'll be surprised so i'm sometimes doing exercise and a phrase pops into my head keep going You've got, do you know what I mean rather than most people give up like oh I'm sore now I'm going to stop but you need to basically override that 
negative because you've got two sides to your mind you've got that negative side that wants to stop and, and be comfortable as you said earlier in your slippers and dressing gown and the other side of the mind is to push you further and david goggins i don't know if you're familiar with who he is um but or 448 sorry 4448 yeah he's mate he's he's, he's ridiculous his, his pull-up record and he runs like 100 mile back-to-backs and he did like the navy seal three times hell week and stuff he's someone who's re- got real control of his mind um and the only difference is the mind it's not any physical differences mm-hmm. i mean obviously it isn't if you put the extremes out there but for someone let's say on a, on a similar physical plane to him he will outperform them based on his mentality. Obviously, he's creating this whole new persona of Goggins rather than David Goggins, etc. But sometimes you need to do what you need to do to actually um, get results. And and you'll see from you know boxers and stuff, they they'll get into a certain zone, won't they? You know, before before a fight, that they're probably not like outside of that. But again, they are programming the mind, and you can use like schemas and um, neuro neuro linguistic programming and um, anchoring and all these sorts of things to get you into that state. So, you know, by touching yourself in a certain way or putting certain music on. Easy Tigers, um, that type of show. Sorry? Touching yourself in a certain way. I said it's not that type of show. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's uh, maybe for the uh, after show. Oh, no. <laughs> <Not on this laughs> yeah. No, but I have to say, like, Okay, you mentioned David Goggins, and like, yeah, uh, like, yes, I've read his book. Well, I've listened to his book uh, a number of times, and yes, I've seen him online a number of times. There is like, there is something he does every year. Um, four four forty eight. Do you know it? Well, it, it, uh, it's like the marathon thing, isn't it? That he does four miles every four hours for forty eight hours. So yeah, yeah, I've done that twice myself like have you yes i would recommend it to anyone who wants to have a little bit of a mental reset because like yeah yeah, there's times where okay like through no fault of our own like through thinking going through life on a sort of day-to-day basis as much as you can be a positive person and everything like this uh it's like like imagine a filter like yeah there's a sort of buildup of negativity and everything like this, which will happen and fill up that filter over a course of time. And I use that 4448 or like something like that to sort of cleanse that filter. So it just like goes, okay, that whole year of stuff, it's like taking it off. Obviously, there's going to be some things which, you know what I mean, which can be a little bit deep rooted, but the sort of, minor things which give you that sort of stress or negativity it helps clean like cleanse that i think you should do it one year uh yeah i think you're enjoying- i probably will actually because i'm, I'm doing a, a a challenge uh in uh, the isle of man in mid-june okay so it's like a it's like a cycling uh, swimming canoeing running hiking uh i think i said cycling already but all of those sorts of things in, in like a three-day challenge so that's as you said something where you're exerting yourself physically and um, because what it, i think it's good for your, your your body of course isn't it and it's good for you good for your mind what people don't want to do is like for example they will say so if i want to be really resilient and courageous as a person i want to be <laughs> fit and strong but they're not willing to go through the stuff that's going to make them resilient in the first place and 
you know, as you said with the four for 48 or this challenge, it's good to do those periodically. Um, as I said, I do judo as well. So I've got a, a competition at the end of this week. Um, to be honest, I'm going a bit out of my depth in that I'm going to be fighting like GB athletes who are maybe looking to go to the Olympics. So I think I'm going to get battered, but you know, you've got to fight, iron with, fight fire with fire, um, fight iron with iron and all that. So unless you go against people who are at a certain level, you're never going to either reach that level or know where you where you are. Mm. Um, so, so yeah, you've got to push off. And I probably will have tried that 4448 thing. Uh, I've written it down anyway on my, on my pad, so yeah. I'm have a look at that. Um, but I'm always up for, for challenges, physical, mental um, mm. challenges. And yeah, like this can't is do that. Yeah, like with regards to like physical and mental challenges, mental challenges are, I'd say, yeah, they're great. Like they, like they do help a lot. But when you go back, like when you get the physical, like, yeah, okay, I can physically do this. I can physically go beyond what I thought I could go through like before. It's like, oh, it unlocks a whole heap of new things, I would say, on the mental side that you've never like thought you could do before. And uh, like, you know, so I go, okay, ah, I get it. And like with you, like going like, up against, God help you, uh, GB, Judici no, no. <laughs> people, like, yeah, I think that like going through that sort of physical struggle, I think will unlock a number of things for you. I think with people, many people today, it's like, yeah, they don't have, that sort of physical challenge or it's there but they shy away from it and so they don't kind of get to know that other half of themselves because look i would say honestly on a sort of day-to-day basis for most people we know about 30 40 percent of who we truly are and yeah. like as each sort of decade goes by we get to know ourselves better like if you don't do certain things in life say if you don't have a family you never know what you would do for a like a child or anything like that because you haven't unlocked it you go oh yeah my my best mate he's got kids it's like ah oh, i'll defend him with my life you go wait a second like there is a difference when you're a parent like yeah you look when like when we're born and like that demanding crying coming like coming forth from yourself your parents up with you all the way through the night going through colic Pink off all of this thing like that stress that worry that 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 sense of not even knowing what they're doing all is wrapped up into you as a small little bundle as a sm- bigger bundle and like all the way up to teenage years where they might look at you and go oh, i hate you, you little bastard <laughs> That's but they can like oh uh, yeah would they go would you kill for your child and they're saying would you steal for your child? And like they're most, like, I, I don't want to answer that because you know what? They would be surprised at the extremes they would go through for that child. And if you don't have kids, you'll never know that. If they go, oh, but I love this person. Yeah, but you don't know. But each time, if like, be always, I would say, be wary of someone who knows themselves 100% because they have done some dark stuff in their life. And uh, you're like, uh, okay. But they know them. They're like, oh, yeah, I truly know who I am. Like, okay, <laughs> be wary of them. But yes, knowing yourself, most people, 40, like 30, 40%, you know? Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of points on that. One is that just on that final point, we'll go back to one of the early points is that, um, yeah, I think, one of the, again, one of the Stoics said is that 
you know, don't judge someone else because they have a character like your own. You just don't know and you've not been put in that situation of yet. You know, killers, you know, not saying that I, I believe killing is right, but as you've said, in the context, you don't know, is someone attacking your kid, someone attacking your child, someone attacking, you, you know, your dog or whatever. So, you know, every human has the ability to do good and to do bad. And it's yeah. just where you sit on there. And as you said, you know, which, you know, how much do you know yourself and have you been put in those situations? Probably not. Um, the other point that you made is, um, you know, people aren't willing to go through those situations. So the, the exercise and the physical pain. And again, that comes back to mentality, doesn't it? Because if you look at the positive you're going to get out of it. So already I can see your passion for the 4448 thing that you've, you've done because you're like, it really helps them to, to unwind and clear stuff out. Mm. You're looking at the positive side. For a lot of other people, you ask 80, 80% of other people, they were like, oh, all I can think of is the pain, the misery, the struggling. They're not looking at the positive outcome that will come from that. Mm. Um, they're looking at the negative, negative, negative. If you can just look at the positive, and uh, yes, there is going to be negatives, but if you try and ignore that to an extent, you're more likely to go ahead and do stuff. You're more likely to start a business if you're optimistic it's going to turn out well. You're more likely to go for this you know, 444-48 or, you know, the, the challenge that I'm doing, if I can see what positives may come from it. If I'm thinking all about the pain in my legs and my, my, my shins and my, my calf and the running and my arms and the swimming, I probably won't do it. I probably won't do it. I probably I probably wouldn't. Um, so what we need to do is we need to train ourselves to look for the positives in any situation. And that will drive us to go ahead and, and actually take on the challenge. Um, you know, with the GB athlete thing that you said earlier, I'm looking at it in a respect of, well, I can learn from these. I'll see where I'm at. It will be a good learning experience. You know, you might get a cheeky win somewhere. You never know. Right. Um, whereas for other people, they'll be like, oh, nah, it's out your depth. You can hit a batter. Well, how do I know it's out my depth unless I've actually tried it? So so for me, I've got, I've, I've, I've tried, tried to nail on my mindset now where I'm looking for positives and, and trying to push beyond my comfort zone. Again, as you, you mentioned earlier, um, because if you're stuck in your comfort zone, you'd still be in a car, you know, getting breastfed by your mum, wouldn't you? So, you know, you've got to get out of that comfort zone as early as possible, start walking, start crawling as you did early on, you know, get out into the real world and, and push yourself. You know, now you're an adult and we'll hope, you know, most people listening will be adults. You need to develop your own comfort zone and, and plan ways out of your comfort zone, mm. things that you haven't done before. Push the challenge further, keep pushing. Um, and, and, and yeah, see where that takes you really. Yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. I, I am curious. Like, okay, with regards to putting yourself out of your comfort zone, like, what was one of the sort of first lessons you kind of learned when you started up your sort of coaching uh, business? Um, I, I realized that a lot of people have got the same problems. Um, as I said, that's why we've been able to talk about common issues here. That they've got the same problems but they're dealing with it in slightly different ways so mm. people have got fear of failure yeah they don't want to start a business because they've got the fear of failure they self-sabotage by you know instead of doing the work they're going out and getting drunk or taking drugs or doing the the, the easy tasks so as we said about the task a to e they're like oh i'm going to mow the lawn now instead of starting my business yeah so a lot of the times it's a psychological thing they're not maybe planning their goals five years into the future they're just taking what comes they're talking about themselves negatively. They're saying, well, I don't want this. I don't want this. Well, I'm saying, well, why, do you talk, why are you talking about what you don't want? Why don't you talk about what you do want? So what I tend to find is that there are commonalities, but they are different and bespoke 
depending on that individual person and what they're trying to get. Yeah. So if we take sport, for example, football player, there's only a few things that make a good football player. Good touch, good awareness. Um, if your striker being able to finish, fitness, if your defender big and strong, you know, to head up. But within that, each player has got their own intricacies about how those um, attributes fit into them pers- personality-wise and also in terms of how they play. So that's what what coaching is. And, you know, I try to 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 um to replay that in my own life as well we'll look at well where am i where have i got these fears of failure and success where do i have these issues of maybe putting stuff off yeah where have i got these issues of discipline and um maybe being able to work harder now it's yes you know you need to work hard but what i've also realized is you need to work smarter as well i was, I was working seven days a week right for seven years um and it was just silly of me to do that. I was trying to work hard and doing two jobs and stuff, but I should have been working smarter at that point. Um, but now I've lived and I've learned and I've understand that you don't you, you don't need to work harder and longer hours. Sometimes you need to be working smarter, where you can increase your value, which then increases how much you earn. Versus, oh, I need to work more hours at ten dollars an hour, or ten pounds an hour, or twenty pounds an hour because there's only a certain number of hours in a day. If you can get recurring income or increase the value and people are willing to pay you a lot of money, then you're never going to run out of money. So Mike Tyson, as an example, he went bankrupt, didn't he? Ah, yeah. He but he will never, ever be bankrupt, really, because he's he is the value, isn't it? He's got a value behind him because he's been professional boxer, world champion. He can coach boxing. He's got a wealth of knowledge. People want to hear his story. He can come on podcasts. He probably pay to be guests places. People will um, um, let him have stuff free just because of who he is. So he will never really be bankrupt because he's got that value behind him. For other people who haven't got a value, if they go bankrupt, it's game over. So what we need to do is ensure that we have got a value and our leaders of the field again and Earl Nightingale phrase so that we will never have an issue because value never goes out of fashion. But in that same term, when you use the Mike Tyson example and other people, regard like it then bank like bankruptcy in that respect the way you've said it is more of a mindset thing because like this is the thing it's like even if it's someone else who's not Mike Tyson, they do have skills and talents which they could still put to work uh, to basically help bring them an income. Uh, the only time when it fails is if that mind, like they have that mindset where it's like, I am now bankrupt, I am now defeated. There is no sort of positive way forward, if you are me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can't remember the exact number, but let's just say it's 50%. It's something around there anyway. Yeah. 50% of millionaires have been bankrupt at some point. Yes. Because what they understand is a temporary measure. You know, if you're bankrupt, you have a six-year period where you've got to reset. But what you've not lost is that of what you've learned along the way in valuation. So two really good, really, really good points here. Mm. Peter Jones on Dragon's Den, he made 200 million, lost it all and, and, and made it all back. The second point is in California, I think it is, they're more willing to lend to you as a bank and as an institution if you've been bankrupt before Mm. than if you've not. Because they know that you've learned something from it. They know that you can now risk manage better. You've made the mistake. Um, You know, your second venture is probably going to be better than the first, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, nothing, there's, there's never any 
anything in life that you can't take a positive from. And just on the Mark Tyson front, this is something he said a couple of weeks ago. I don't know if you heard this or not. He said losing his mother was the best thing that ever happened to him. And now that's, I'm not saying to go that deep and that extreme, but he said that because he said it made him the man that he, he was because he had to then from that situation become his own guardian, as it were. Mm. So, so, and again, I'm, I'm not reiterating that that's a good thing, of course, but what I'm trying to say is that you need to look beyond what happens and look at how you can use that to your advantage and develop further. Mm. Yeah, no, it's one of those things where I'm going to burn. There is like, I can't remember the exact sort of survey or whatnot, but like, yes, they like they ask people if like the mistake, like some of the biggest mistakes they've made in their life, if they could like magically go back and then erase like that like mistake out of their life, but they would not actually have that lesson from the mistake or whatever happened at that period of time. Most people would rather keep the mistake so they could still learn from the lesson. Uh, I think it's people who, when they go, oh, erase that mistake and so I don't have that, like it, so it's gone forever, but they don't yeah. learn from that lesson. Yeah, then I think they're in the sort of shady ground. In a shady yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah, I mean, it's a case of, uh, and this is one of the chapters in the book which discussed in my first book, is mm. it's a case of regret versus regret. So there's a regret of doing something and failing, mm-hmm. as you've said, but you learn from that, or a regret of not doing something. So when you're 70 years of age, you need to ask yourself, do, did I regret starting a business and failing, or did I regret not starting a business and, and not knowing where it had gone? Because mm. what happens is that clarity at least gives you peace of mind because you've done it, you know what happened. It's a case of, oh, when you ask yourself, what if this, what if that, what if this, what if that, what, well, what if I made a million, then I've, you know, and then I did this and then I did that. Because, because there's so many questions and so many variables of what could have happened, it kills your soul. Mm. So regret of not doing something is 10 times worse than regretting doing something and, and, and as you said, making a mistake. Because at least from that, regardless of whatever else happened you've learned something mm. and what you've learned could change everything for you moving forward trajectory wise so it's all about how you know it's pretty much the undercurrent of what we've talked about the whole the whole session is that it's all about how you're viewing things and looking at things that makes the big difference that's it that's it that's all it is and you know sometimes it takes training to do that you know i know a lot of people that have got such a negative attitude um that any little thing oh the, the light you know when you come up to a traffic light to turn red they're like oh why red light i'm not me why are you getting angry over something so small you control by a traffic light maybe take a few minutes just to think about something you know you can pause and relax for a second so so yeah it's um it's all about mind control and not in a, a perverse way but in a constructive way yeah, uh, this is the thing. Would you say there is a sort of like cultural element in that sort of mindset? Because you mentioned California about, yes, if you've like gone bankrupt, that they will more likely give you more money because you've learned a lesson. Like here in the UK, if you've gone bankrupt, it's kind of, how can I put it? It's held against you like a burning hot cross, like in the sun. Yeah. Like, why did you fail? Why did you fail, you evil, evil person? You know, you get what I mean? Yeah, I think in, in the UK, it's definitely a cultural thing. Um, and I think that comes down to the school system. So school system, it discourages you um, or really 
makes you feel bad about failing, doesn't it? Oh, you failed. Uh, mm. But, you know, everyone fails at something in life. Second thing, in, in I don't know whether it's, what it's like in America as well, but I'm choosing the UK as an example, is um, we tend to discourage people from working together to find an answer. What's mm-hmm. wrong with me and you and a few other people working out an answer together and all writing down the same answer? That's not copying. That's what's called working together. Yeah, businesses that you don't just work on your own and, and try it and oh I got an A, you got a B. You work together and then you all succeed. That's really not in, encouraged in school. Um, I, you know, if I was a teacher, I would encourage everyone to talk, to answer all questions together, share answers. But obviously, when the real exam comes, then you know you need to do your own stuff. Mm. But because they've all conversed for every test before that, they will all more 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 than likely pass because they've shared so much between them over that period of time in the filled gaps um you know, if you go to a business board meeting you have different um uh specialisms in the same room you know you've got the ceo you've got an accountant there you've got a sales manager etc because they're all filling the gaps to come up with the best possible way and you know if you're in a classroom and you know some people know more about this part of history and some about this part of history work together mm. Yeah, you're all going to get 100%. And yeah, you can say, well, actually, you're not learning anything. You absolutely are learning something. Just because you're not failing doesn't mean that you're not learning. Um, so I think that working together is is really important. And, you know, you can help each other out. You know, you might give someone something one point, they might give you something else in return. And, and yeah, that's, you know, as a, as a, uh, as a way to improve, it's definitely something that I would, I would look at um, so that, you know, everyone can benefit and, and, and we can we can really move forward. So, so yeah, I hope that makes sense. Uh, no, it does make sense. And, like, this is the thing. Like, with regards to, like, okay, sort of taking that learning, take, like, u- utilising the power of cooperation, like, on a sort of, like, day-to-day basis, like, what would you say to people to help them do that? Because, look, one, it's like, hey, coming to yourself as a coach to help them sort of move forward. Uh, that, that is a great first step, but like to sort of like, okay, any sort of good coach just wants like at the end of the day, be like going, okay, it's now time to go out there and go for it yourself because I can't be here all the time holding your hand because if that's the case, you're not. Yeah. Interested. I think, I think there's a bit of discrepancy as to, what essentially a coach is so there's quite a few things that are fairly similar so you've got so you get counseling which as i said it's talking about problems that have happened in your past yeah you get psychologist who is there to maybe assess you psychologically Mm -hmm. you get mentors who are someone who is specialist in a specific area so let's say that i'm a um a football manager and you're coming up as a football manager yeah i would be your mentor to help you go through the journey i've been through yeah, that's what a, a mentor is. A coach is more um, specific to an individual in, in the way that what are you trying to get? And I'm going to help you to to get there. You know, it's not a case of following in my footsteps. It's a case of working out what you want. So as far as being able to, to network is concerned, we would sit down and say, well, they, they might say, well, uh, uh, I find it hard to network. Why is that? I'm an introvert. Okay. Well, if you're an introvert, does that mean that you, well, first of all, it does mean that you you like spending time alone. Great. But could you at least spend some time in social settings and maybe improve your social abilities? Yes, I could. 
okay well where do you think you're lacking socially this this, and this okay great but what are you doing about those things nothing well maybe let's put something in place where you are doing something you can see it's just a case of working stuff out together it's not a case of you need to do this you need to do this Mm. you're actually telling me as the coach what you want and we as i said the work together then and i will help draw stuff out of you and 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 obviously we work together on that on that front um that's why it's a little bit different than a mentor as i said a mentor we're saying well this is the industry I've been in, you, you're there. This is what you need to do to get to the level I'm at. That's that's something completely different. Um, yeah. So it's always good to have all of them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, coaches can do a very specific job. Mm, indeed, indeed. So with regards to how you would like to see yourself, uh, your business grow in the next, say, five years. Look, you've mentioned, like you've mentioned, one book at, and another book, which is down, like coming in the sort of distance. Uh, what else do you want to do? Um, I, again, this is what it comes down to. You need to have a purpose and you need to have something that you want to achieve. And for me, I just want to be in a position where I'm someone who people think about when they want to change their mentality. They've probably heard something I've said on a podcast or they want to speak to me directly, or they've read a book and think, actually, this has changed my mentality. Um, You know, I just want to be someone like that, that helps people to get to the next level. And whether that's through the coaching side, whether that's through the books, um, as I said, you know, I've got plans to write five, 10 books over the next 10 years. Um, And and someone who people consult, you know, so um, that's that's what I want. And and the reason why is because I actually enjoy seeing people do well. Um, You know, a lot of people are, resentful and jealous and, and haters uh, when they see people do well I enjoy people doing well you know if you enjoy people doing well you are more likely to do well yourself as well mm. it all comes down to value added you know Amazon let's take Amazon as an example the reason they're worth so much as a business is because you can go online you can type in a product probably going to be there because they've got you know almost unlimited products and it will be delivered to you at a good price t- today or tomorrow there's not many people doing that yeah so that's where the value is, is 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 added because they can provide a service the same goes for coaching or, or or whatever else you know you need to be able to add the value first and you know that's why i'm on these podcasts and I've written books and i want to provide that value so that people feel yeah do you know what i've got something from that um as opposed to not providing any value and and doing the take 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 um take 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 job which is you know over the short term you know great you, you know you could make money from it people do <clears throat> but over the long term you don't build a legacy you don't actually make that long term uh or, or generate that long-term success so so yeah that's why you know giving out information and obviously books and coaching and stuff so we have a free initial consultation with the coaching seeing if we're on the same page um so yeah that's sort of where i'm at really and that's what i want to achieve i'm, I'm sure you've got your own goals and aspirations for the podcast and stuff outside of the podcast as well which is which is great and obviously the, the 4448 I'm sure you've got some targets for that as well and to maybe do it more consistently or, or more often I don't know um, but it's always good to have something to work towards because otherwise we go stale don't we mm, yeah no indeed we do indeed we do I do find it interesting you do you bring you bring up Amazon a couple of times now and like one of the things which I would say Amazon is a different company to the company like most of the companies right now like one of the things amazon 
and I think people can use this in their own lives, is they turn whatever weakness they have into a strength and like they, people don't realize that it's like okay you need like amazon one of the things which they always needed is data centers and they like you went okay right rather than we rely on sort of microsoft or like cisco or anything like this build it ourselves okay there's a cost what comes to that okay we've got this much spare capacity for ourselves but we've built this much more why don't we start selling it to other big companies? And yeah, it's turning a profit. Uh, there, um, oh God, it's web services provider or something like that. I can't remember what the exact pronunciation is, but it's like they turned that into a strength. And now they're looking at their logistics side and going, okay, hmm, we have to rely on UPS, FedEx, and all these other places. Uh, why don't we start doing that ourselves and then start charging other people for that? So take their weakness, turn it into a strength. And I think like, this is the thing. I think people need to sort of like go, this is my weakness. I'm strong at this, but this is a weakness I have. Can I turn it into a strength or can I bring someone on board? What can make that weakness I have into a strength? And yeah. I think if, people started to do that a little bit more i think yeah they'll be surprised where how far they could go yeah i think I, well a couple of things um it's resourcefulness you were talking about with amazon they're resourceful with what they do have mm. the second thing is i don't i don't like the word weakness um because it it's got a negative connotation what i would prefer is areas of improvement or required improvement yeah so because it gives you a, a psychological um better it's a better viewpoint psychologically so you say okay this area of the business needs improvement how can we capitalize on that improvement already you can see that if it's areas of improvement or required improvement mm. you will look at it different than if we say it's a weakness because weakness people try to steer away from weaknesses don't they they try and get all you know squirmy and say oh it's my weakness you know let's stay away if we rename it as areas of required improvement people say yeah you know i'm willing to work on that so I think for me, that's what I tend to, to do to try and make um, things sound more appealing than they are because you then tend to do them. Yeah, like this is the thing. The reason why I use weakness, because when I think about businesses, I think about it more on a sort of combative side of things. And I yeah. guess it comes down at strengths and weaknesses. I can yeah. understand why you go areas of improvement with a person because, yes, when you like, uh, okay, people like, there's a lot of people which don't actually, but there are people which look at it as a sort of day-to-day -day combat of, I must have that self-improvement, yeah. aka Goggins. And there are other people which don't look at it like that. It's like, yes, self-improvement. Yes, what areas can I like improve on that level? That, that's the reason why I use weakness. Just to Yeah, it's that SWOT analysis, isn't it? Strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats. Yes. From a business perspective. Um, and yeah, I, I, I get obviously I know, I know what weakness mean and yeah it's an important word but from yeah as I said just for from a, as you rightly put there from a personal perspective when you're looking at your own position areas of improvement is a, is a good way to look at things because then you will naturally want to put more time and effort into it. Mm. Um, I don't know why but from a psychological standpoint when we look at weaknesses we tend to steer clear of them for, for whatever reason. Um, so yeah, we're trying to maximize the potential for growth, 
and motivation, um, which, you know, has to really come intrinsically rather than externally. And, you know, the best way to do that is to, as I said, make things sound more appealing or as appealing as possible. Yeah, but that's what that's what it is, though, because when you have to look at yourself and have that self-reflection and look at these weaknesses or areas of improvement, it's sometimes most of the times they are like they show the ugly side of our character. And like this is a thing. It's all fine and good when you look at each like you look at yourself in the mirror and you see this irreverent glow uh, coming off yeah. yourself, like, going, oh, aren't I brilliant? Aren't I magnificent? So I'm such a good person. But if you look in that mirror and you go, oh, yeah, there's this and there's that. It's like, going, yeah, oh, that isn't the nicest part of me. And like, yeah, if people, like, if people knew that this looked in there and stuff like this, like the little voice, what goes on in most people's heads, if you let, if a person talk to you like how you sometimes talk to yourself in your head you were like going you should punch that person uh, because that's not a very good person they're not you know what i mean they they don't they don't mean you well and you're like oh well, that's sometimes the voice what lives in people's heads like on the basis yeah. basis, you know yeah i mean jordan peterson put it really well if you're familiar with who he is he said oh, yeah. um you should treat yourself like someone who you um care about or you're taking care of so, you know, you should look at yourself from an external perspective of, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm my parent or I'm whoever. Yeah. And you should be looking at things on a positive basis. The only disadvantage with that, I, I think, is, is that um, parents and family members tend to try and avert you away from danger and say, yeah. oh, don't, don't start the business and take loans out. Because, you know, what could happen is you can go bankrupt and, and they will try to keep you with the safe and secure. What you sometimes need is someone to go, no, don't say with the safe and secure. Burn the boats, burn the bridges, go for it. What's the worst that can happen? You can go back to the life that you had previously if you want to. You know, sometimes you need someone to give you that um, uh, ambition and, and and know everything's going to be all right. And a lot of the time that can't really come from family members because they try to look out, out for your best interests, which tends to mean keeping you away from danger. Absolutely. Uh, so a lot of the time it comes from randoms or you know people you just acquaint acquaintances or something so so yeah um wherever you get that inspiration from you know it's great some people's parents are great some people's family members are great as well you know not saying that it's all in in that in that way but you know you tend to see that that can be the case Mm. yeah no like this is the thing like also like joe rogan like you you must know who joe rogan is like he he says look at from the standpoint of being uh the star of your own movie yeah Uh, like basically sort of not looking at the parent side but you are the star of this movie and the risks and like you know i mean the trials and tribulations you go through uh this is yes i'm going through it this is like me starring in this role i'm not a support actor in my life i'm the star of my life and yeah the star does this, the star does that. And yeah, you try to do the best thing that the sort of the hero's journey can take you on, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's an interesting one with Jim, uh, with, with Joe Rogan rather, because people say, oh, I want to be as big a podcaster as Joe Rogan. Okay, great. That's a good goal to have. Yeah, absolutely. But the cards that you've been dealt and the cards that he, he, he's been dealt prior to starting the podcast were completely different. <laughs> One is that he was a comedian first, wasn't he? And he's on the UFC circuit. Yeah. Um, so, so he already knows loads of comedians 
and he already knows loads of USC fighters and um, and people associated with 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 that side of things. So trainers and um, and and managers and all those sorts of things. So he can go through his phone book and say, oh, I'm going to start a podcast actually because I've got 150 200 people that I know close closely very well. I could just bring on and say, do you fancy a chat? Yeah, great. Come on. And uh, I've got a year's worth of podcasts just from people I know on my phone. So he already had the cards dealt of having a good um, social network to start a podcast. So Mr. Smith, who's starting a podcast now, and well, by the way, he's, he's leveraged that very well. For Mr. Smith starting a podcast and saying, oh, how can I get, you know, Jordan Peterson and Ben, uh, ben Shapiro and, you know, all these guys on? You need to first develop a great podcast, great product, improve your ability to ask questions, increase the number of guests, and then the quality of guests you get on. And then you might be able to get some of these names across. But until you do, the cards that you have got available are not the same. So you need to play your cards differently than Joe did at that point. Yeah. You know, people want to play their cards like they've got two aces in the pack and they've got a, a smelly little two and a smelly little three. So I'm like, well, first things you need to try and up those cards first things first, and then you can play with the big boys. Yeah. But the thing is, the ace in the hole also Joe Rogan had, it's like he was on Fear Factor for the best part of a decade, like interviewing people, Fear Factor, like a TV yeah. show, which he was on for a decade interviewing like like having conversations with scores of people from all over the united states so he's having that contact and like look you bring up a very important point like yes if you if you're starting a podcast and this is for anyone who is starting a podcast there is a skill to podcasting there is a craft to podcasting and if you're not aware of that you are going to have like yeah a nasty little yeah. shock because it's like yes and i bet you i bet you've gone through a array of people at different stages of their podcast journey where you like uh, okay yeah so you're like i'm okay yeah the quality must be all over the place with some of the conversations you've most probably had over the course of time uh being a guest on the podcast you know uh, I, or am i wrong yeah, absolutely. Same with, same with anything, isn't there? There's always a, a, a wide um, span of quality and ability and um, and style and and the sort of structure of the podcast and the underlying tone of the podcast. It's all it's all different, um, and 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 that's the beauty of it. And that's what gives you us USP versus, as I said, Mr. Smith, and Mrs. Jones. Yeah. and that's what makes certain podcasts for certain demographics. And other podcasts for other demographics. And um, I think what Joe Rogan's done well is he covers quite a lot of different topics. But initially, anyway, it was comedians and and UFC fighters primarily. Yeah. So that had a demographic, and obviously it was doing well. And then it's obviously branched out, and, and more and more guests have come on. So it, absolutely, as you said, there is a craft, and what we need to establish. And I, I said this on another podcast to someone who was podcasting. He's quite a young lad, like 15, 14, 15. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, so what do you want this podcast to, to be? And he says, I want it to make, I want to monetize it. I said, okay, similar to what I said to you earlier. I've said it's had a month. 
you know, is that going to be enough? And he goes, no, I want to be able to go out with my mates and go to eat and stuff. And I said, well, what does that look like monthly wise? And he's like, oh, I need 150 pound a month and stuff. You know, obviously he's young, so 150 quid yeah. to 14 year olds, good going, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? So, um, so yeah, I mean, you need to break it down. And, you know, as we've said with, with, with the podcast quality and stuff, you need to understand where you're starting from, understand someone else is at a different position, but don't worry about that. You need to increase your game. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and that comes down from self-reflection, from looking at your your goals, your ambitions, understanding where your areas of improvement are or weaknesses, uh, where your strengths are and how you can maximise those strengths, how you can leverage your network. Um, so there's loads, loads of stuff. And, you know, as I said, we as coaches, we tend to work through that together and say, well, you know, what is it that you're after? Mm-hmm. How can and, and we work through that? And a lot of the answers are in yourself. You know, if you have to say, well, how can you double the viewers on your podcast in, in 12 months? And you thought about that for a few days, you'd probably come up with a few answers and then you'd put those answers into place. So a lot of the time, it's just the questions that we ask and 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 then whether or not we put those, the answers into, uh, into practice or not. Mm. Now, do you think you'll start a podcast yourself? Because, hey... Seems like I mean, a string to put to that bowl of yours. Yeah. Uh, potentially, it's, uh, at some point, um, it was something my brother mentioned. You mentioned my brother earlier, and yeah. uh, he, he did mention that um, you know it's something that I should consider. Um, it probably is, but as you said, I've got a lot on my plate at the moment. And also, as you said, people don't always understand the work that's involved with a podcast. It's not just quick conversation, and you know that's that. There's a lot of planning involved, and um, you know you need to edit stuff and sort of understand your guests and the questioning and stuff like that so at this point um probably not am i ruling it out in the future definitely not um but as i said i've got my own goals at this stage and you know that might make change so when you set your goals and this is the beauty of it <coughs> excuse me is that if you set a five-year goal and a year down the line you sort of reassess yourself against those goals and things actually that goal, I want to change that slightly. Let's let's move it. Let's edit it slightly. So instead of writing, let's say, five books in five years, mm-hmm. I might say, well, actually, I want to make write three books, but I want to start a podcast. Okay, great. So let's 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 start working in this direction. So that's that's essentially what the the beauty of it is. You know, if you've got your sat nav on your phone and you stop off at the service station, you know, you know where you are along that journey, and you might say, well, actually, oh, instead of stopping at the service station, there's a pub pub around the corner. Um, looks like it's, it serves good food. Let's let's just take a detour, and then we'll come back on on the path. So, you know, you don't know what's going to happen in life, and um, along the path anyway, you can you can plan the path, but you you know not always certain what can happen, um, and the opportunity may arise. So, so in answer to your question, could be at this point, there's nothing set in stone. So, so yeah, maybe maybe at some point. I think if you and your brother like sat down, had some like good conversations, might be. Might be a good call. Might be a good call. I'm just saying. Just saying. I can see it happening. Mm. But yeah. But yeah. yeah. I think two, 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 two minds are better than one, definitely. But I think we're, we're, me and my brother are quite strong characters. And we probably, <laughs> we, we probably want our own, you know, direction or tilt on it. So um, if we were to do it, it'd probably, be, I don't know if it'd be two uh, separate ones. No, I mean, I... doing it together would be great. Don't get me wrong. But um, sometimes you can't have too, too many cooks for the broth, don't they? Oh, you know what? I definitely want to see it now because, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it goes to see me like that. I go, 
Why are you wearing a UFC rep uniform? Don't you worry about it. Don't you worry about it. His, <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be good. <laughs> got cameras there. Cameras there. Yeah. Like yeah. A- oh, this got microphone. That microphone. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. long hair, short hair. <laughs> uh, it'd be fun. Uh, but that no, that's my mischievous mind coming to work. So, yeah. Final question uh, of this day. Now, what was the last thing what brought you gratitude? Um, as in that I was I was uh, great grateful for. Yeah. Um, well, because it's fairly early in the morning, I haven't done my gratitude thing for today. Um, but I'll have a look at yesterday's. I've got got it here, so I'll just have a look at what I wrote down yesterday. I was grateful to be on some podcasts this week because I think that's really good that you know I can share uh, a message. Um, I've been grateful for the fact that it's been sunny over the past week. There you go. Beautiful weather. Um, grateful that I've got a dog and he got into a little scrap the other day. Uh, my dog did. And luckily he's all right. So I was grateful, um, grateful for that. Grateful for my parents and family. Um, saw quite a few nice nature pieces over the week. So again, I was, uh, I was grateful for that. And I'm also grateful for the future millions that I'm going to uh, make. Because sometimes you have to be grateful for things in advance. Um, I learned that from Denzel Washington, actually. So, so that was my yesterday's one. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's just some, some examples, really. Some are obviously um, something tangible. So, well, well, not tangible, but that's in existence. So, as I said, the sun, um, being out and stuff. Some of those were things that could have gone worse than they did. So, as I said, the dog fight, you know, no one was injured. So, basically saying that something bad happened, but from that it wasn't as bad as it could be um and and then obviously things that are gonna happen in the future so so yeah that was that was my that's what i've been grateful for for this week so outstanding outstanding oh, brilliant and i'm grateful for this conversation Let's thank you very that. much no worries ah oh, like jeevan can you tell the lovely people how they can find you out there on these interwebs um so so yeah so i'm sure you'll probably leave some links here as well um on the, on the podcast but yeah, if you want to buy the first book it's on amazon uh, become a person of value the author name is js math just rang off the tongue better than <laughs> the first and second name uh, in terms of the coaching it's vanquish transformational coaching um dot com so you can find me on there and obviously if you want to have a free initial chat that's great we can we can have that and we can schedule it for a time that's uh, mutually convenient um and yeah that, that's it really obviously you can probably find me on social media um and yeah we'll look forward to speaking with some of you in in future excellent excellent yes i'll put all the links in the description so yeah find jeevan and yes like subscribe sign up buy his book and yeah let's see where he can take you where you can go both go together ah and i like to say yeah jeevan thank you for coming on today pleasure Thanks for having me. It's been a, uh, a great, uh, great podcast. Love your energy. And uh, hopefully we'll do this again at some point. Oh, indeed we will. Indeed we will. Like, yes, I'll get your brother on. And yeah, I'll uh, just get you to fight. Uh, that's like, <laughs> that's like, that's like, what should we do? Let them fight. <laughs> just let them fight. That's all. Yeah. <laughs>
Oh, brilliant. And I've got to say thank you to you, my friends, my life warriors, for sticking with us to the end of the show. You guys make this show special. You make it happen. You make it all the things it needs to be. So let me just say, stay safe, stay well, be awesome, be excellent, be fantastic. Be all the positive bees you can be in this world and then some. Have a great day, guys. Yes. Peace. And we are.